Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited because we have such an amazing and incredible guest today. There's so many amazing things that kind of came up in topic during this podcast recording and I'm just so excited. His name is Blake Morlett. He's actually one of my financial advisors, which is so amazing. I was introduced to him by one of my besties, and you probably have all heard about her. Left and right, her name is Brooke Swan, and he's been such an incredible asset. I have been working with him for about a year now, and he's really helped me to level up like my investing and also making sure that my business is set up and aligned to really help with the true growth and just making sure everything's align with the values that I have and what I want to offer to my team and all that fun stuff. And so in today's episode, we're going to be diving into what that team at advisory people should look like. So he's going to make some recommendations of who you should have behind you within the business to be able to help support that growth and really help you to level up. We're also going to be talking about how to adapt your goals based off changing because you will inevitably change over time, but how to adapt those goals to be able to really align with those values and take your business and your investing to the next level. We're also going to be talking about how to figure out where to start with your financial advisor. So the right questions to be asking them, where to look for them. He's going to give some great tips on that fun stuff. We're also going to be diving into how to identify that moment in your business where you know that you're going to need that support and that help to really get you to where you want to go. This is such a great episode. If you have been thinking about things like how do I take, you know, offer new benefits for the team or being able to add some sorts of 401ks or even for yourself, getting yourself set up for just in case something happens to you, how are you going to pass on your legacy and all that fun stuff? So This is a great episode. Make sure you have your notes, a lot of great recommendations along the way. And I can't wait for you to dive into the episode with me and Blake today. Do you ever feel like if you had actionable systems in place that it can actually take your practice to the next level? Can you imagine the freedom you'd gain from finally getting everything out of your head and into a system that can help you move things on autopilot? Do you ever feel like you want to hire help for your practice, but you just don't know where to start? Trust me, I get it, and you're not alone. But it doesn't have to be this way. You're kick-ass at doing the bookkeeping and accounting work. There's no doubt about that. But you struggle to maintain the systems and operations of your business. Am I right? But don't worry, that's where I come in, the workflow queen. I'm going to guide you on how to implement tech, systems, and automation in your practice so you can scale bigger, hire better, and break through to the next level. I can't wait to support you here on the Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang. Hey everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host here, Alyssa Lang. I'm super pumped because I am bringing someone on who I have personally worked with and who has also been a guest expert in my group coaching program, Breakthrough. And he was introduced to me by my lovely BFF and also our coach in Breakthrough, Brooke Swan. And I'm so excited. His name is Blake Morlett, and he's been my financial advisor for, I want to say about a year now, but Blake, feel free to introduce yourself and tell people all the things you do. Hey, everybody. Blake Morlett, financial advisor, and I'm with Invicta Financial Group, dad to four wonderful kids. First and foremost, I got two girls and two boys, so we're I joke with my wife about a tiebreaker, but I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen. And what I really love doing is helping entrepreneurs. I mean, my passion is to help entrepreneurs. And many of my clients like Alyssa are entrepreneurs. And sometimes they forget or their work gets in the way of remembering why they went into business for themselves. So I'm excited to talk to you today. I'm excited to share some things that people can work on and people can think about to help leverage their time and their business and get back to why they're in business for themselves. I'm excited for our conversation. 
Yeah, same here. It's so funny that you say that and you led with that because a lot of us started, especially our listeners here, started the business as what we call a side hustle. So it's like something that, oh, I'm just going to, you know, bookkeep or I'm going to do some consulting on the side. Like, and it's going to be no big deal. It's going to help my lifestyle to get me like some money to pay the bills and do whatever. And then eventually you're just like, you wake up one day and you're like, holy, I girl bossed way too hard. (laughs) Now I've got this big business of all the people who rely on me. And also like I have bigger dreams and now I'm the one paying myself. So I'm so glad you touched on that because a lot of people forget that when you hit that stage in business or even probably at the beginning, which you could probably talk about here in just a second, it is so important to start thinking about things like investing or getting yourself set up like 401ks, whatever it is that needs to help you and also your team too, right? 100%. Yeah. And, you know, investing and all that's part of it. And, you know, a lot of people, like you said, they they get into a side hustle or they start bookkeeping for someone. And, and if you think about it, they're really doing that themselves, right? They're serving business owners that realize they can't manage it anymore, right? And they need help. Mm-hmm. They need someone that's going to help take that off their plate, and allow them to grow their business, right? And so that's why that's where you come in, right? Once their mm-hmm. business gets to a point where They realize, hey, I don't want to do these manual processes. How do I get this stuff to do it on its own? Mm -hmm. They find you and and now they're able to start focusing on that. And they now need that same help, right? They need the help to turn their side hustle into a business and turn their business into something that really can grow without dedicating the time. And where I come in, and you can probably talk to this a little bit, but where I come in is all right, so we're getting our time back now. What are we doing with that? And now we have mm-hmm. money. We've got money coming in. What do we do with this money? And suddenly people realize that Uncle Sam's a real thing when you're making some money, <laughs> right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're cutting checks now that you're not too comfortable cutting. And so what are we doing to get ahead of that? And, and how can we create a plan that is making sure that this machine you're building, this business, or some people, it's their baby, right? How do we get it to best operate in a manner that's going to allow you to have some leverage, right? What are you doing to um, grow your future and and focus that growth on the goals for yourself? Kind of what I led with going back to getting to a place where now you've got this business and now it's running and, and now you need these trusted advisors. You need Alyssa, you need a CPA, you need probably an attorney at some point. And having that team of trusted advisors on your side allows you to really scale and and get to a place where you're not doing everything, but you have the right people helping you get the stuff done. And so that's, you know, what, where I focus and and where I thrive and putting what I like to say, putting all the right people at the table to make sure that your bases are covered. Yeah, 100%. So I'd love to talk about the, the advisors that you were talking about just a second ago, because just like when our clients come to us at our firms, they don't know the difference between a CPA, a bookkeeper and a tax repair. They think that everybody kind of does the same thing. And I think that I also kind of went into our working relationship too, like not knowing really what a financial advisor is versus what's a tax strategist, like where do they fit together? So I'd love to hear like where, what the difference between like the tax strategy side of things and like what you do and how that all correlates together and works together. Yeah, I think a good way to kind of put in perspective is businesses, they'll have a CFO, right? They're in charge of the finance side of a business when you go to a point where you, you know, need an in-house one. And I really see myself and my clients lean on me as their personal CFO, 
right? So not only are we working with them on their business and getting things structured, but really there's a lot of carryover for small business owners with your personal and your your business finance situation. And so looking at how that looks, well, we see it that your financial advisor is not your tax professional. Mm-hmm. We rely on CPAs primarily and, and also EAs. Uh, I'll touch on the difference between those two in a moment. And we work in conjunction with them. So what, what we enjoy doing for our clients is taking the tax planning prep and filing burden kind of off of their plate, right? So our clients are giving us their tax stuff during tax season, and we're interfacing with their CPAs to to ask all the right questions, right? Because CPAs, there's great ones and there's okay ones, right? And they all operate a little bit differently. And it we see our job is to ask all the right questions. Are we maximizing the potential for different write-offs, different credits, R&D mm-hmm. credits? You know, we've recently had the ERTC credits, all the different things that are out there. Um, some some CPAs operate their business where they put the numbers in that you give them and they say, here's what you owe. Yeah. And we like to be more strategic and say, well, what about these things, right? And then taking that a step further, when we talk about tax planning, we primarily will work with clients, CPAs, if they have trusted advisors already, but we also have vetted what we call deliverables, where we're making sure that any professional we bring to the table not only is acting in the best interest of their client, because uh, that's our duty as fiduciaries, which that word is used too much in the industry now, but we always have to put the client first, right? And so we have deliverables sign a code of conduct, which says we're going to do that. Uh, most yeah. deliverables have to do that anyway, right? If you're an attorney or a CPA, you have to put the client first, but we think it's important to do our due diligence on those deliverables. So we're using these trusted deliverables and, you know, summertime right about now, when we're recording this August, September, late summer, we're saying, all right, where are we at year to date? Let's look yeah. at the P and L's. Let's look at payroll. Let's look at all the things for you personally in the business in your tax situation. And then what are we projecting, uh, which I know you help clients with cash flows a lot for yeah. the rest of the year. And where, where are we, what opportunities do we have between now and December 31st? Yeah. that we could take action on. So tax planning is really a proactive thing. And I like to do it early enough where it gives us some runway to have some impact. Because if you're doing it in December, it doesn't give you much time to make any changes. So we're doing that each and every year. And the businesses that they run, they might be pretty steady, but things change. I mean, you can probably attest to that. And so making sure that we're getting ahead of it and we know what the tax liability situation looks like and how we can mitigate those with different things, depending on the business and what that looks like. Yeah. Like the logistics. It sounds like from what I also know is that you guys are more like the logistics of what type of investments, like where are we putting the money versus the tax strategist is coming in saying, if we maximize this, then this is how we can like apply it to the taxes and lower the liability. So it's kind of like you both are working together. We are. Yeah, we are. We work in tandem and really we become the conduit to the deliverables for the client. So the clients call us and I'm not a CPA. I don't want to be a CPA. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're interfacing with their office to, to get the right answers and provide those to the clients. So they really have one point of contact. Um, you know, for everything in your financial journey, there's cause and effect, right? So when something changes, you have to make changes. And so that's really where we're, once we get a client, 
set up and situated. Now we're dealing with maintenance and cause and effect, right? So same thing with if you're talking about insurance or if you're talking about your estate plan or your business structure. So we're looking at these these things constantly. And I had a client call me this week and say, hey, we want to change ownership percentages between a husband and wife. We're going after this women-owned business thing. And so I have the attorney draft the amendment for their corporate docs, and I've got it in their office with the notary where they're signing it, and that's done, right? So they make one call, and they know that we've kind of got them covered for the things that they need to get done. Yeah, 100%. I do know from experience since, I want to say it has really been about a year since we started. We connected, right? Yeah, yeah. I I don't remember off the top of my head, but I believe it was October of last year. Yeah. I remember it's like almost been a full year, which is crazy to me. But I remember that at the beginning, we started with a one way of kind of doing like kind of organizing what we were going to do with me and the money that we were bringing into the companies and how we were going to disperse it. And then even my goals shifted and my goals shifted to, Hey, Blake, I really want to do based off of our calls. Hey, I want to do, you know, I want to finally buy my first house. And I, you know, my lease is up at this place in February. And I remember we just pivoted. And I think a lot of the times, a lot of people fear working with someone because they feel like they're going to get stuck in a bucket and be forced to do something based off the original plan. And I think that that's what I've appreciated about the way that you've, you guys have approached things is you listen to really what I want and what I need, whether that's a lot of money that I want to use towards traveling. Cause we know both of us know, I love to travel, <laughs> you know, travel or home. And then you having to like, give me a reality check of like, Alyssa, if you really want this aggressive goal, you might not be able to travel all the things, <laughs> you know? And that was a great conversation yeah. to get to where I want to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing about goals is they'll always change. And, you know, if you have a plan that inherently is ready for change, right, we can pivot, like you said, then we go back to looking at cause and effect, right? What's the cause and effect of changing our goal, upping our goal, removing this goal? Mm -hmm. And what do we need to do in order to make that happen? So we base our plans around people's values, right? We t- yeah. we had that values conversation. Yep. And that's really important because, you know, your values are going to become more refined over time as you get older, as you have those life experiences, but really they're going to stay pretty consistent to who you are as a person. Yeah. And so if we center our decision-making, our recommendations, all of that around your values and, and, and pivot as your goals change, as to use your words, it really creates an environment where you feel in control. And, yeah. and you know what what the future looks like and you have a plan, right? And so many people kind of have a plan. A lot of people don't, right? Yeah. But so many people have some semblance of a plan, but actually putting that together and knowing what it is and having that data so that you can make those decisions is what, that's what we do. I mean, that's the core of what we do. And I tell all of my clients and potential clients, it's not my money. It's yeah. not my decision. It's your decision. It's my job to give you the pros and the cons and and give you my recommendations, but I want you to make an empowered and an informed decision on whatever the item is and be able to explain it to someone else. Right. So I'm, I'm really a teacher to my clients to help empower them to make those great choices given the situation. 
Yeah, 100%. I do remember that as we started shifting to me buying a home, there was the conversation around my credit, like making sure that it was up to where it needs to be. And you introduced me, you kind of are, have been at least for me, a resource of recommendations or connecting. So you connected me with, I don't remember his name and I'm going to feel really sad that I forgot his name, but you connected me. Yeah. Yeah. Corey. And all you got me all three of us on a call and it was like, so interesting. I was not really expecting that. I wasn't expecting the, the connections to really happen. And I like that because this is all really overwhelming to me. This is my first time I'll ever be buying a home. I don't know what that looks like. And I even know that you had said that, you know, we can connect you with, I think a realtor at one point, you said you guys can like connect us with the people that you have. And I think that's so powerful is when people can create that connection with other people. If you, that's not your zone of genius, because like you said, you don't want to be a CPA. It's like, I don't want to be everything, but I'd rather connect everyone with the right people so they can get the support to de- over deliver on what you do. And I, right. I have definitely appreciated that 100%. Hey, listener, just wanted to quickly interrupt this episode today to ask you, have you been trying to find a better solution to actually taking payments from your clients? Then boy, do I have a solution for you. One of my absolute favorite pieces of tech is Pluto. Pluto is such a game changer in your business. It really helps you to allow you to be able to take payments easily from your clients through ACH. They also take credit card as well, but they have so many different options. One of the big perks to using something like Pluto over something like QBO and all the other options that we have out there for invoicing is because it is way more cost effective and it has saved me thousands of dollars on those fees that we get taken out for invoicing our clients. So we no longer use QuickBooks Online in order to invoice our own clients. We now have migrated over to Pluto. And if you want to learn more about Pluto and check it out, it is amazing. They make such a seamless process for our clients to be able to add the ACH information, to ask them to authorize us to be able to take the automatic payment every single month and saves us a ton of money in fees. You're just going to go to workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto. That's workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto to learn more. Well, thank you. And it, it's, it's important to us. And, you know, having a team of professionals that do a lot of different things that you have vetted and that you have worked with, shout out to Corey at CMG Mortgage. He's, we've been working with him for 16 years and I know him personally uh, from working with him and and a lot of our deliverables, we know and we've seen time and time again where they're going to do the right thing for the client, even if it's not what the client wants. Yeah. Right. And so seeing them say, hey, you know what? I really wouldn't do that because of these reasons and seeing them not get a business opportunity because it's not the right thing for the client. Yeah. That's what's that's what's important. And finding good people to surround yourself with as a business owner, it's not an easy task, right? Mm-hmm. Because everyone, you know, has an angle. Um, yeah. but what is that angle and, and and are they acting in your best interest? So that's that's fun for me. And I like, you know, you sh- you you share and you're vulnerable about, hey, this is a scary thing. And for me, it's yeah. like, hey, you can do this. Let's yeah. let's do it, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, I had a, a client a couple months ago recently married, and they're like, well, we can't get a house and all these things. And they, they're they in Nevada and they closed on it last month and they're they're in their new house, right? So these rocks that, that you have in life can be daunting if, if you're, you know, not knowledgeable about it just because you haven't gone through it, but it doesn't mean that you can't tackle them. So yeah. breaking kind of those rocks down and, and making them palatable and, and educating my clients on 
how to get them done and, and how to get their goals accomplished. And guess what? Set new goals, right? And raise yeah. the bar and continue improving is, is what I'm doing all day, every day. Yes. I love it. Well, I think you guys, you guys are doing great. I'm just so glad that Brooke introduced us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> Brooke is like the best. So shout out to Brooke Swan over here. So a couple of questions that probably listeners are going to have is where do they start in the process of looking for a financial advisor? Is it really coming down to someone to help me make investments in the company, like things like setting up a 401k, like setting up certain, I don't even know the other investing acronyms that are out there because this is not my zone of genius. So I'll kind of leave that for you. So what do you recommend when someone's just starting out with figuring this out right here? So, you know, if you're thinking, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I need, I need some help. I think it's important to reach out, reach out to myself, reach out to other advisors in your area. I work with clients all over the country and, and some internationally. And it's it's something that it's usually a moment, right? Someone has some event in their life or in their business where they think this isn't right, right? In a personal person's life, a non-entrepreneur, you know, maybe there's a death in the family and the, and they have to deal with their parents' finances and they weren't set up right and they had to go through probate and it's this long, very challenging process amidst dealing with grieve, grieving, right? Uh, their loss. Sometimes that's an event. But in business, there's some sort of impetus that causes them to say, hey, I need to seek counsel, right? And and when that happens or when you feel like that's happening, you should. And there's a lot of advisors out there that, like myself, are happy to have a conversation and see if there's an opportunity to to help. I'm pretty particular on who I'll take on. And I'm I'm very honest with potential mm -hmm. clients saying, look, I don't, I don't think I can add value, but here's someone that could, right? And here are some things that I would look at based on your situation. But for those that that are seeking somebody, you should have a conversation with a couple people. Because I think, and my experience has been that when you hire a financial advisor, it's really the most personal thing that you're sharing with someone besides your health, right? Your personal finances are pretty personal. And so being open, honest, and vulnerable with somebody, it's important that you connect with them, right? That you have that that relationship and and you you hit it off, so to speak, like we did in the beginning, right? Brooke introduced us and and you and I got close pretty quickly. And I think that's important. So I see all my clients really as family, right? So I share uh, news about my family and my kids and they know they know a lot of my clients know my kids and they know my wife and that's important that you have that kind of relationship with someone that you're trusting with your future yeah. um but first step is reach out to somebody ask some really important questions you can google on what to ask a financial advisor but i think it's important to understand what is their motive how do they get paid what what is their business centered around and and what do they actually do right there are different people who call themselves financial advisors. There's, you know, stockbrokers, there's insurance salespeople, there's fiduciaries, <clears throat> excuse me, there's non-fiduciaries. And the different sectors of this business are all for different people, right? They're all good mm -hmm. for different people. I don't, I don't like to say that there's only one way to do this business, but the way that we operate is, you know, we charge for our time. Yeah. And so that allows us to run a business without requiring selling. And that's not typical. The industry is kind of moving in that direction over the last 10 years and continues to go that way. But 
the historical stockbroker, right? Only made money if you invested and mm. there's nothing wrong with that, but that would require that you sell them something or they buy something. Same thing with the insurance side, you know, they've got to sell you a policy to make money. And so not that there's anything wrong with that. Like I said, we just, we operate differently. So talk to someone, talk to a couple people. You know, I, I always tell potential clients, talk to two or three or four different advisors and see who you connect with, see who you feel that bond with and you feel like someone that you can trust and, and you like the way that they run their business and, and what value they, they potentially can add to your business and make an assessment, just like you're interviewing any other vendor, right? A CPA or an attorney or a person like yourself who's going to help them yeah. optimize their business. It's, it's important to kind of have that gut check and have that first conversation. Yeah, 100%. I think one thing that kind of resonated with me is that you said the business at some point hits maybe a moment or something happens in personal or in your business life that really shifts like, oh, I need to talk to somebody. Like I need help. Like I need to lean on somebody. And I think like if I can share like with my audience as they know, I'm always very vulnerable and I'll share all the things. For me, I think I've shared this with you as well is that I wanted to create a business that if something were to happen to me, and my finances, because I know, you know, I've got like my forerunner, like I know my dad really wants the forerunner. <laughs> I know that piece for sure. <laughs> We're laughing, but like he totally would take it if I was not here, but in a loving way, of course. But like if in the case that something does happen to me, because I have built multiple six and seven figure businesses where if something, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, where's all this going to go? Is it going to continue and do something for someone else and help them build forward? But I don't know those things. I felt really lost in my business when I started to hit like, like really big numbers. I wanted to make sure that my friends and my family, the people who have helped bring me to where I am in business would be supported that my company would be handed off to the right person that it all my students wouldn't be still taken care of at the end of the day. Like that really scared me when I hit a certain moment in my business. And for me, I lost my brother when I was 15 and he was 16 from cancer and I remember my dad going through a lot of instances where one, his company would barely let him have time off, like that he really needed there to be for his son while he was dying. And the other thing too, is that the money and all the different medical things that happened on the back end, he was kind of stuck in a really bad, like financial position. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I wanted to make sure that I was set up so that if any of those moments happen in my life, if I want to expand or get married or whatever that looks like. I want to make sure my money is put in the right places to help me build that wealth for my future and also for the future of other people too. And so I really resonated with that piece. And for me too, is the value side of my business. I I really wanted to offer, and this is how me and you actually started connecting was my 401ks because I really wanted to get into offering 401ks for my team because I finally was making the money in the company to be able to offer it. When in reality, a lot of companies can't off, like offer it at the very beginning, but that was a huge value for me as something I wanted to shift into. And that was my big moment of reaching out to you and why Brooke connected us together, you know, was all these different moments and pieces of my business and my life that brought me to like, I really need help. Like I can't do this alone. Totally. Totally. And being that was your moment, it's important to know, I mean, you, you guys talk about, I've, I've, been a uh, subscriber of your podcast shout out oh what? Uh, it, 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 yeah <laughs> and you know you talk about hiring you talk about getting those systems in place and 
one of those things is benefits, right? I mean, in order to attract great people, you need to pay them well and you need yeah. to give them benefits because you're valuing what they're bringing to the table, right? And so looking at that and coming up with what does that look like from a cash flow perspective? How does that impact my bottom line? And and what else can we do to take care of our people if we have a great year and you know profit mm-hmm. sharing? And there's so many layers to that. And it's important to really ask those questions and and go through the numbers and say, hey, can we swing this, right? And yeah, businesses that are not quite there yet, we have a, a target, if, if that's your goal, of where we're headed so that you can add those benefits in and, and attract those great team members to your team. So looking at, you know, not only retirement, but but what about, you know, health benefits, group life benefits, financial wellness benefits, profit sharing plans, so on and so forth. There's so many options out there for businesses and there's no right answer. It just depends on your situation and what you're trying to provide. Touching back on the moment, a moment ago when you said, you know, if something happens to you, you want certain things to go a certain way with your business and with your things. That's also something that especially businesses that are starting to ramp up and starting to make some money and and do well, just kind of get pushed to the wayside, right? You're not really focused on the what ifs. And the what ifs is is really where we make sure we have all those covered. And a lot of them sound kind of silly at the time because you're building the business, you've got clients, your phone's ringing. And, you know, you're a lot of entrepreneurs, that's where they thrive, right? They, they, They love that. And making sure that, okay, now we're generating this much revenue. What if something happens to you and the business still has, you know, somewhat of a reliance on you, how are we going to keep that train moving down the tracks? And so what are the buy-sell agreements or what uh, key person insurance do you have in place, so on and so forth, to make sure even disability for self-employed folks is is really important, disability insurance, because not all states have a state disability program. A lot of them don't. And entrepreneurs remember that if you're paying yourself a salary your disability is based on your salary Mm. and it's not based on your business revenue so having a self-employed disability income policy for a lot of folks makes sense given you know their involvement in the business and if they're unable to to be there to make it go they still need to keep the lights on in their house right so you know looking at different things in everyone's situation to make sure that the what ifs are covered so that, you know, if something happens, I can sit across the table from the child, you know, the surviving spouse or, you know, the disabled client and say, you're still fine. We still got this and we're going to get through it and not have that financial burden. Yeah. Similarly, you know, you talk about the loss of your brother. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's, Dealing with loss of life is part of life, right? But mm-hmm. it never comes at an expected time or or not generally. Yeah. And if you have all of your estate plan and your business succession plan and your finances and your life insurance and all these things that you may or may not need in order, it allows your people to grieve and not worry about all the, the minutia, going back to your story on the medical bills and on you know, getting off of work and all these things that actually matter in your life when you're going through that process, it allows you to, to be able to focus on your family and grieving and know that someone's got 
you taken care of from the financial side. And so that's huge. I mean, that's, you can't really put a price on that until you have to go through it with, you know, help or without help. And, and again, that kind of leads back to sometimes what the impetus is to reach out to someone. Yeah. 100%. It's not funny. I always say like, it's funny, but it's not funny. It's funny because I've actually heard a couple of people say like, not my circus, not my monkeys, if I'm not here. So if I'm not here and something were to happen to me, like, what's the point? Who cares about the clients? If like, I'm gone, right? Like, what does that matter? But I just really think that people who really truly care about their clients would actually be thinking about themselves not being here and what that future is going to look like for that client. And I've heard so many people in the industry talk about how their bookkeeper died and they were just like, never heard from them. And they were just like freaking out because for, for their family, they're grieving, but for the client, they might have their moment of like, oh my gosh, they were maybe a great person, but they've got a business to run. They still have to operate. And they were anticipating the support and the help and whatever that looks like. And I think just kind of going back to like thinking through for anyone listening, that sometimes it's not just about you and the money that you want to make. It also can be about your kids. I don't have kids. I've got my dog. And if I could, I would inherit everything to him. <laughs> but that's well, you can, you, you could actually, I have a few don't, clients don't tell that me have, that. <laughs> have uh, their pets in their state plan and they have specific instructions and that's, what? that's great. I mean, you can, yeah, you can yeah. set up whatever you want if you have a, a well-rounded plan, right? I mean, you yeah. can, we always joke that, having a trust and having powers, powers of attorney and all the layers that come with a good estate plan is, is your way to control from the grave, right? You can yeah. control what happens from the grave. And while that's somewhat morbid, it's also a way to know that your heirs, whoever they might be, mm -hmm. they don't have to make those calls, right? Those calls have already been made and, and you, you've already made those end of life decisions and all the things that come with, you know, um, death, disability, and the other D of our three Ds is divorce, right? So so planning through those situations is is it's important. And to those kind of things will change too, right? We talk about goals changing. We always say put your best foot forward today, but you know, you might have someone on your power of attorney or in your trust that filed bankruptcy two two years after you did it. Well you probably don't want them in charge of your money. <laughs> No disrespect, but life changes, right? So that's where the the monitoring the plan, updating the plan, making those changes with the cause and effects that we're touching kind of every part of the portfolio and the plan all year, every year, because life happens. So yeah, yeah, 100%. I've got to have that convo with you about the whole estate planning thing, because we're bringing on someone into breakthrough and she's probably going to be on the podcast as well to talk about secession planning. And like I said, some of these things, I don't even know the difference between what all these things even are, but I know for myself, like I've been having a lot of conversations for some odd reason lately with friends and family about, Hey, I really want to have a conversation. I know it's supposed to be with you hopefully soon, um, <laughs> which I probably should get on it is the conversation around what's going to happen with all the things, or even like, like my dog, for example, I already know exactly who we'd go to. And I've already had that conversation with him to say, like, can I put you in some sort of like legal documentation? Because if something were to happen to me, they can technically just take him and take him into a pound. And like, I love my dog so much, like that terrifies me. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so those little tiny things to me matter. And those little, like what's going to happen with all the money that I've created, all the hard work I've put into things you know, eventually when I buy the house, what's going to happen with that stuff. And it's materialistic. And, but at the same time, like you said, I really like how you pinpointed that 
during the times of grief, now there's one less decision to be made because I know what it was like to see my parents go through that and to have all these decisions and things on their plate. Granted, my brother did um, actually request that he was cremated and not used to be tested on because he did, his cancer was adult form. And my parents kept telling him like, no, you should get tested on to help other people. But he just didn't want that, but they honored that. Thank God. But little things like that, I want to make sure that those things are in place. So that way for myself and probably listeners here, when you have a legacy to pass things on to, you don't want them to stress out about the bills when you're not there to be able to help support it or work towards making it happen. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, there, there's a lot of nuance to all of that and it can be daunting in and of itself. And, and I've seen clients where they weren't able to grieve for almost two years because they were dealing with all the minutia, you know, and that's, that's what we want to avoid. Life's too short to, to put yourself in those situations where you're dealing with stuff that really you could have taken care of finding the right help and the right trusted advisors to help you get that structured and set up correctly. And that's, you know, kind of what we do all day, every day is just making sure that our clients are on track to um, endure any outcome with their business and their personal financial life so that they can focus on family and focus on the things that are are truly important to them and, and give them that that leverage and that time, which you talk about a lot, right? You've talked about it uh, on the podcast with, it was with the gentleman who does the software platform. Oh, I Content Snare. Uh, content Snare, yeah. Yes. Yeah, James, you guys talked about it a lot, right? We're getting our time back. We're mm-hmm. we're using these tools. We're using different software platforms to give us more time and give us more space to focus on our business, but also to not work, right? Yeah. And so, you know, we're just another tool in entrepreneurs' tool chest, if you will, that they lean yeah. on to handle all things finance. And we're not a CFO for a company, right? If you've grown yeah. to that level, I can give, you know, general recommendations, but your CFO is also not looking at your Roth IRA, right? They're, (laughs) they're focused on the business. So having that other party to help you uh, make all of those decisions and and educate you around them is, is important. Yeah. I think it's overwhelming sometimes as like an entrepreneur. And the more I've been doing this for so many years, I've realized how much more support you actually need when like you first start your business. I'm sure you can probably like resonate with this. When you first start out, you want to wear the badge that I can do it all myself. I don't need anybody else to do this and make this happen. And then eventually you hit a point in business where it's like, I no longer, I value my time more than I do money when before it used to be my money over my time. And now I'm at that stage of business where I no longer want to figure out the software. I no longer want to have to build the thing out. I just hire the right coaches, the right people, because can I learn these things? Absolutely. But it's going to take me a hell of a lot longer to get there when like, like you said, life is way too short to try to learn everything on your own and try to be all these different things that you can connect with all these different advisors and people who are going to help you take that next step to get you the goals that you want in life faster. So then you have more time to enjoy your life ultimately. Right. Yeah. And I recently read 10X is easier than 2X. I don't know if you've read that book yet. Mm -hmm. It's Dr. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan. Dan Sullivan is, you know, strategic coach, internationally famous for coaching entrepreneurs. And one of the themes that they focus on in the book is being able to grow your your business as an entrepreneur 10 times more than it is now is, is literally easier than two times. 
But the one of the themes is that the most successful entrepreneurs are those who delegate, right? And those mm-hmm. who work less. And, and yeah. it sounds counterintuitive to the new entrepreneur, like you said, that wants to do it all because they're mm-hmm. the only one that could do it right. And, so, you know, all the things that we've all yeah. had as entrepreneurs in our head. But once you start realizing that, oh, wow, I can use this platform. Oh, wow, I can hire this person to help get all that stuff off my plate. And now, you know, I've got free space that gives me that mental clarity I need to to do even better when I am in in the office and focused. Once you get there and you start to have that click, the momentum is crazy. Yeah. And and that's really that's so fun to see entrepreneurs, my clients get to the point where they're starting to make those decisions and they're starting to reap the benefits of those not only from the business growth but from getting in control of their their time and and getting back to what what I led with why are they in business, right? Why are you yeah. building this thing? And and how are you benefiting from it rather than being, you know, only focused on growing? Because most entrepreneurs are just solely focused on growing. And sometimes you've got to take a step back and push some things off of your own place so that you can have that growth. Yeah, 100%. I think you nailed it on all of the things. I think this has been great, such a great wealth of information and just everything that you have going on. And I would love to know where can people connect with you? What is the next best step? I know I'm going to encourage everybody to come have a conversation with you, but what would be your recommendation of the next steps? I know you shared some earlier, but to chat with you, get into your world and just be immersed by Blake and all the things you do. Yeah. So I'm happy to have a conversation with any of your listeners or any of the folks that are in your program, I'll go ahead and give you the Calendly links and they can pop in a time on my calendar. We can uh, jump on a call and see if there's an opportunity. And like I said, I want to help everyone that I talk to and it may not mean becoming a client. Yeah. And I'm happy to do that, right? I'm happy to say, look, you know, here's some things that I would consider or educate yourself some more on. Maybe it's not a good fit. And and if it is a good fit, we'll have some more in-depth conversations of, of where you're at. And, yeah. and what a relationship would look like going forward and what benefit you would get from it. Because again, I, I say to people all the time, don't waste your money or my time if, if we're not going to be successful, because I, I really want to help everyone get to the next level. Yeah, 100%. So we'll drop all those links in the show notes. And also just one more thing. You were talking about that book, the 10X. It's called 10X is better than 2X. 10X is easier than 2X. Oh, is easier. I like that better than better. Yeah, it's there's a three series book from Dan Sullivan. Have you heard of Who Not How? No, I have not, but I know who Dan Sullivan is. Dan Sullivan and then Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And then there's there's the third book is Gap and the Gain. And so those three books, I would recommend to all entrepreneurs. They really talk a lot about basically what we've discussed over the last half hour or so of making those choices as an entrepreneur that are going to unlock potential that you're in your own way, you know, in, in a lot of cases and why it's important to do those things. And strategic coaches. They have a lot of great material out there and a lot of great entrepreneurs have started following those processes and blown up, you know? So uh, I think it's, they're good three books for any entrepreneur to read and certainly motivational. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Blake, for being here today, for just supporting everybody. I will make sure that you will be in front of all the people because I just love what you guys do. And I love the passion you have. And like you said, the values match my values. And that's probably why we worked here. Hopefully that's why you picked me. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I appreciate it. This was fun and let's do it again soon. Cool. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of our Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang, the founder and owner of Workflow Queen. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and share this episode with a fellow bookkeeper or an accountant on social media, and also tag me on Instagram at Workflow Queen. The more that we work together to get this out in front of other people, the better I can help to serve this industry to create more solid systems and processes. Now go take what you learned from today's episode and apply it into your practice so you can finally give yourself the brain space and freedom that you deserve. I can't wait to see you unfold throughout your journey. And thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode. See you next time.